I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. We're with Coldwell Bankers Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. That is correct. In the heart of the state. It is. It is a beautiful, windy, sunny day here in central Wisconsin. Let's go fly a kite. We really could because that's a fall activity and it's uh-huh. December 16th and we should be doing that today. Up to the highest height. Amen. Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring. Okay, apparently not singing. We up want our to listens. the atmosphere, up where the air is clear. <laughs> All right, so Ben has sung for you this morning. And if you're joining oh. us for hour two for the first time, welcome. Go ahead, say, fly a kite, Ben. Just, well, Ben just, is going to go home and fly, fly a kite, kite. So, Right, yes. So these are pre-recorded shows. And All right. what are we going to talk about here now? Well, we, we just kind of talked a little bit about the market, but we're going to kind mm-hmm. of dive into the good well, old MLS. The local. Local stuff. The local markets here, because we did talk a little bit about national stuff. And so we always do want to make sure that we talk about our local markets. Because nationally, I mean, it takes into trends a lot of the metro markets. And we're, right. just, we're just not that. I here. mean, stuff in, that happens in Vegas does not really apply. No, no. See, what happens in Vegas stays, stays in, in Vegas. Vegas. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, like we said, this is pre-recorded. So it is close to four o'clock in the afternoon on December 16th. And we're looking at 34 homes. That are active without an offer. Active without an offer in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the questions always is, 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 well, how many homes are actually listed? So if we looked at everything that is all active with an offer, we're looking at 78 homes in the greater Wisconsin Rapids. Out of that 78, only 34 are available to go take a look at today. So that'd be about half, mm-hmm. roughly. Which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good number. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see that be a little bit more, but at the same time, we take what we can work with. So um, if we are looking at under that 100,000, we are looking at 14 homes. Okay. Which isn't too bad. And I know we've got a couple in Nakusa that we can talk about here. So we've got Garrison Avenue for, that's a cute little two-bedroom home. It's got a cute little little backyard, semi-fenced in. So that's really great. Um, it is really cute. Definitely a really cute home. And then we also have one in Nakusa on West 3rd Street. And that one is a three-bedroom, two-story home on a quarter of an acre. And it has... Um, some vacant lots next to it. Correct. So it's it's really a neat location. It feels like you're on the edge of town, but it's so close to so the close rest to of town. I right. Mean, uh, section is right there. Right. And the splash pad is just right down the road. I want to say within a quarter mile, you've got that. Within a half a mile, you've got the library as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really great location if you want to be... A little bit out of town, but still have those quick amenities. Right. So what else do we got? Uh, um, in Wisconsin Rapids, we've got Fifth Street South. So again, that one is a cute little three-bedroom home. And that one is very close to, it's on the corner of Fifth and Taylor. Okay. Um, over by Ida's Sports Bar. Yeah, that's a great location. Great location. You can go watch the Packers play and then uh, walk home. Oh, geez. I know. So if we, we always go up to the next bracket, well, we were going to call it the next bracket between that 100 and 150. We are looking at four homes available to go take a look at. So that's good if a seller is listening mm-hmm. because that's a popular price range. It is. It is a very popular price range. And again, we're kind of starting out with the price, you know, a little bit above that hundred thousand, and we really have nothing between one thirty to one fifty. There are no homes in that price range to go take a look at. So you know, definitely a great opportunity there to get your home listed and sold very quickly. Don't have a lot of competition. No, definitely not. So if we're looking between that one fifty and the two hundred, we have three. That's it. That's it. Oh my goodness. I know. And again, I mean, it's, it's a very tight market in there. So we're looking, again, between 165 and 180. So again, we've got that big group, that big block that, that is missing. 
Okay. When we when we look at what's available out there. So definitely have some options. And again, with the seller, if you're looking to sell, that's a, I mean, we have seen a lot of houses go through that section of price mm-hmm. range. So there just happens to be none now. Right. Which means, again, less competition. So we're going to bring, we're going to bring up the next bracket a little bit on the larger side. So we're going to go with that 200 to 300 and we're looking at seven homes available. Nice. These are going to be the bigger homes though. You know, so if we're looking for that four or five bedroom home, that's what we've got. That's going to be that bracket to be able to find that. And it's going to come with a little bit of an acreage as well. Okay. So if we're looking for a home with acreage, we're going to need to be in that upper $200,000 home. Definitely. I know we had some listings going through our firm that are are closing um, or have closed relatively recently. So that's, Mm -hmm. it's still very popular. Yeah. And so above that 300,000, we're still looking at six homes. So again, that's going to be our our higher end home market. Mm -hmm. So we do have some options there too. So if you are looking for that higher end home, we do have some options available. And hopefully a bigger home. We're still looking at that four bedroom home. Yep. You know, so if, if you're sitting around the, the holiday table and it's just feeling all kind of squished and you're Cramped. like, you know, let's let's try to look for some some more room. We got some for you. We can help. Definitely. Definitely can. Of course, always talk with your mortgage provider or, or financing source. And like like we had mentioned, you might be astonished at just what the interest rates currently are to what you could afford. Mm hmm. Um, and you had alluded to the amount of inventory, you know, and, and all these numbers, it, it kind of takes the feeling out of it. You know, we talk about a property and the house and what's an inventory and stuff like that. We understand these are people's homes. Yes, they are people's homes. And we always make sure we treat them all with respect when we do a listing and we go and visit these homes. Mm -hmm. Um. But, but we're also looking at it too as we're trying to show it off as well. You know, so we do talk about what their options are. So as they come into the home, maybe they need a mudroom where there isn't one. We may have to do some remodeling for the family if they needed wanted something a little bit more open concept. And this house is a perfect location, but we may need to remove a wall. So again, you know, we know that they're, it's your home. But again, we also look at it too as this is going to be someone else's home and maybe some remodeling needs to, to happen for that next family. So it, there, there is an aspect of it's also a business transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunately kind of just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And we're here to help you through that business portion of it. And I know that sure. working with some of the, our sellers in the past, you know, they may not be in the position to be able to leave. So they needed to be home and, you know, listening to the family talk about removing some walls to open stuff up. And it's, it's your home. It's where you raised your family and the next family coming in, you know, they want to make it their own as well. So we're always, we're always sensitive about that of, you know, not telling someone that, okay, well, you need to, this is not the best location for this. Let's, let's, we're going to have to move this. But just know that sometimes that yep, there might be a little bit of renovations going on. And even with, with home inspections, when we get those back, um, both of those tend to elicit feelings of, oh my gosh, my home is going to fall down in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, or they're going to just take the wrecking ball to it and demolish it. And that's not the case. Or it's the other side of, we have lived here for 25 years. The house hasn't killed anyone. No one has died. No one has gotten hurt here. This is how it's always been. And the next family in, they're going to be just fine with it the way it is. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and some things you just don't know because you don't know all the aspects of contracting. And maybe you had some service work done and it wasn't done up to today's standards, which, you know, that's how we look at things kind of now is, you know, today's standard is what we what we know mm-hmm. is a safer way to do it than it was in 1963 when the house was built or whatever, whatever. that happens to be. Yeah. And we also have some of those families who walk in and go, okay, that's fine. 
they can live with that. And, you know, it it's water off their back. Right. And they're perfectly fine with it. And it's it's a change that they, they know how to handle. Yep. Now, what you had mentioned that um, not just offers or not just properties available that don't have an offer, but ones that do as well as kind of our total inventory currently. Mm-hmm. And you said that was in the 70s, I think. I'm going to go with yes. Yep. Um, so I looked just now at what's sold in about the last 12 months, and it's just over 700 properties here in that Wisconsin Rapids area. Oh, wow. Right. Mm-hmm. So now if we take the 700 and divide it by 12, we're at about 58 homes on average sold every month. Okay. So what do we have? We have 78 homes that are. Okay. So we can take 78 divided by 58. And we currently have less than a month and a half of inventory in our market. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be, you know, a continual trend. It's still going to be the seller's market because like, like you said, you went through the different price points and there's just not a lot of open inventory in those price points. Right. And as we move through the winter months, I believe that was the time of the year that where we were down to the teens, you know, there was 13 homes available and, you know, we're going to see that kind of come back, but again, you know, we don't want to scare anybody away, but you know, we always ask people to be patient. If it's not the home for you, we can wait and wait for that home. And if it's going to be one of those situations, because there are times where people need to move here now because they're starting their job in two weeks. Right. It's a need now. And so, yeah, we need to figure out that pros and cons list of what am I willing to give up to find a, to find a home? Mm-hmm. You know, do we find something that we can fix up and then sell a year later or two years later? So that way, mm-hmm. once that market opens up, we, we have some, some opportunities there. And even if someone's looking for a fix and flip, you know, now is a great time to purchase because mm-hmm. in six months, it's going to be the middle of the year. Right. Which is always, always that best time to put your home on the market. Because there are so many more active buyers. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of active buyers right now, but always springtime is, you know, people are coming out of their doubles homes. and triples and. That the cabin fever thing is starting to get, you know, into people's lives and they just want to get out and finally get out of this place. They want to be able to move, mm-hmm. get into their home so that way they can enjoy the great central Wisconsin outdoor areas and not be moving while the fun is happening. And school. And school. So schools winding down there in the springtime, mm-hmm. they're looking that, hey, we can make this transaction happen in 45 days. So by that time, school will be over with and it'll be an easier time to move. They don't have to. I have or, extra hands. Or, right. And they don't have to worry about relocating during the school year. Very true. Never easy. No. Okay. So that was fun. That was great. All right. Do we have our stage styled and sold blog? I know I mess that up every single time, but I. I'm very appreciative that you know what I'm talking about. It's it's a great thing from the National Association of Realtors, the styled, staged, and sold blog. Yeah, close. 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 I get close You're every good. single time. Good. You're when good. I nail it, I mean, we should almost throw a party. So we've been talking about um, decorating for the holidays the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. with, with that blog. Um, I wanted to kind of bring in something a little bit more local as okay. well. So we get a lot of our closing gifts and just general gifts, um, and, you know, all mm-hmm. around from Ruby Reds. They've got a correlation with Fiddlebread Baking, and you can sign up for a Fiddlebread Baking email, and I did. And so I'm getting emails from Ruby Reds about what you can do with baking and maybe put some cranberries in it. Okay. Okay. Excellent. I'm I'm liking where this is going. I know. I've never heard of this. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. So surprise. I know. So this latest one is about artisan breads at Ruby Reds. Uh, Happens to be dated December 18th. 
on the Saturday. Okay. So again, this is to taste, you know, to tickle your taste palate a little bit. Um, this one is bread and something that goes with bread. You're in luck. Three wonderful selections this Saturday that will be great breads, no matter what your favorite something that goes with bread ends up being. So they were looking at five grain. Okay. Tasty and nutritious. Yes. Coarse, whole wheat and rye flours, rolled oats, rye flakes, cracked wheat, flax, sesame, pumpkin, sunflower, and poppy seed. Ooh. Yeah. Turns out to be 650 a loaf. Uh, Polish rye, a lighter rye with a savory caraway. Okay. Crispy, chewy crust and tender, firm crumb. Ooh. Yeah. Grill this one for full flavor in price. Uh, tomato and basil with Parmesan. An outstanding flavor trio, right? Tomato, basil, Parmesan. Makes an amazing grilled sandwich or use it as a base for cheese bread alongside your favorite pasta. Ooh. Hmm? So you can reserve your bread for pickup over at Ruby Reds. They're on East Riverview Expressway in Rapids. Uh, that'll be on Saturdays. Excellent. So head over there, and it's always changing, and, and you get the email a couple of days beforehand, and I'll tell you what's going on, what's up, what's happening with their program. And their new location is in the old Blu-ray Cafe. Okay. So just in case you're wondering where that is, um, but it's between the old Chapco building and the pharmacy. And I believe there's somebody else in between. I think it's Roberts and Associates. Uh, they're... Or was? Roberts used to be there. Okay. So again, by the old shop, go by the old Roberts Associate Building and the old Blue Ridge Cafe. Cafe. I feel like we just gave directions. Right, yeah. Like Mid-Wisconsin way. Um, What's that, the Crossroads Church that's right there in that? And the... Shoe Sensation. Correct. Yep. Um, Yep, and they're they're great to work with Mm -hmm. and not sponsored. We just really love them. And I found this, you know, the bread thing. So how did you sign up for this? So I went there okay, um, to pick up some of your closing gift items. Ooh. And I'm like, hey. Now, have I ever tried it? Um, no, but it sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds really great. So if you're into baking and baked goods, um, they do a lot of like this, like art- artisanal breads and whatnot. And you all your cranberry products. And yeah. they got a ton of stuff, wine and Well, I know that they were going to be expanding and, and that's why they moved over there. So... Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really great. I think the Saturday, um, there might have to be a little bit of an excursion and swing by and stop and see them. There you go. All righty. Um, but just also realize that the next couple weekends are actual holidays. Oh, that's right. So I'll have to look at a calendar. Prepare appropriately. So, yes, the Association of Realtors, um, their Styled Stage and Sold blog, this one is Show Off a Super Luxe Dining Room. Luxury, right? Create wow moment with elegant design that will impress guests as they step inside. Some top designers show off their favorite looks. So, of course, this was correlated by Melissa Dittman Tracy at NAR, but uh, features designers from around the country. Uh, First one is by Mary Patton from Mary Patton Design. Painted walls. Okay. Uh, Mary loves incorporating head-turning wall color dramatic drapery, and unique lighting in her dining room projects. So a simple white base, so mm-hmm. white, white table, white chairs, white floor, white wainscot, but then color on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can bring in color with accents on the chairs, maybe a rug under that formal dining table, mm-hmm. drapery. Um, it takes kind of an eye to understand what colors um, she's in this particular instance using a painting as inspiration. Okay. So pulling some of the colors from that seaside painting. So the greens are you know, more of a, a bluish green or okay. a turquoise. Okay. Um, and this one, she's not using paint. They're using wallpaper. I was going to say, it looks a little wallpaperish unless we're going back to the sponge painting. No, well, this Or would, the feather dusting. This would be a, a brush because it's okay. horizontal lines. Okay. But it's wallpaper. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, you can, again, do a, a light gray 
in the second option. So it's a light gray painted dining table with tall back fabric chairs, mm-hmm. white trim around everything, white sheer drapes, but the color on the wall is again that, you know, that gray. welcoming gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asian inspired in this one because they've got a mural painted on the wall. They do. And I'm, I'm really liking that. I am not that talented to be able to paint my own tree. This one's kind of a wispy Japanese cherry blossom. It, it, it looks look- really cute. I mean, it's it's something that I definitely would like to see. But again, I am not that creative and t- talented to paint my own tree. That's okay. Yep. You can hire somebody. I can hire someone. Uh, next one is Minimize the Space. Uh, Lance Thomas from Thomas Guy Interiors has created traditional seating for large groups as well as contemporary intimate designs for smaller gatherings. Ooh. Right. Large linear banquet table, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit thinner than uh, what you would think of. I mean, dining tables normally are quite wide, but this one might only be about 36 inches or so. Okay. Uh, sort of a wooden base. He's got dark colored brown wicker chairs, and you can incorporate benches along with that too. I really like the ceiling in this particular picture, and I know that our viewers can definitely see this, but it's got the nice wood look. I believe it's like tongue and groove. It is a, a, a tongue, tongue, and groove. tongue and groove pine that's been washed in like a golden oak. So it's a little bit whitewashed, but it still has a great tan color to it. Right. And then with the beams yet they're, too. They're not traditional solid beams, but they complement with that same um They're a little ceiling. bit darker. Right. But and 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 they don't stick down from the ceiling. They're um matched to almost like a, as trim pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ceiling is in a gambrel design, you know, okay. so so you think like the um, the barns where it's um, shoots up at the side and then it's kind of flat along the center mm-hmm. instead of a vaulted ceiling traditionally. Right. But I really like that ceiling. Mm-hmm. Going to put this on the uh, on the Facebook. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Uh, the next one can be dark drama. So we talked about light in the beginning. Right. So let's go dark. Well, we did talk about the uh, black bedroom. A couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and now we got the black dining room. And it can be done quite elegantly. Right. Um, this one's a lot of painted woodwork, tall ceilings. The ceiling is white, and it's got a large chandelier over the dining table. Mm-hmm. Dining table is kind of, uh, it, well, it's a simple design. Um, four post legs on the exterior. Kind of like a Queen Anne. Yes. Legging. Then- Right, and and then they're matched with again the Victorian Queen Anne chairs painted black with black upholstery as well. It looks very nice. It's my style. I know it's very my much style. you. Um, I do like how they kind of also lighten it up by adding the nice glass crystally mm-hmm. chandelier to kind of help break that up. They have in the back a um, what do you call that? Where, where you hutch? show off, yes, a hutch. Hutch. Yes. So you can. Curio. With the glass front doors, so you can it show off your, th- your things curio. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so, but that's not painted black, that's painted a gray. Right. So it's, again, complementary, but still monochrome. And then you can put in colorful glassware and. Add uh, that a, little pop of color. Right. And especially with a, a nice warm amber light, you know, and a good incandescent bulb. Mm-hmm. Of course, LED, but you can still get that color. Correct. Yeah. So that's Melbean of Melbean Interiors has embraced the dark aspect of it. Um, glass tables are very popular in the next couple items. Um, Brittany Farron's House of One uses that along with barrel chairs. This particular dining room is, I, I think, again, Oriental sort of inspired because the Physical architecture mm-hmm. of the space has the multi-fold uh, windows out to the patio, so they actually fold away, and you can just walk right out, and it's like well. And the nice thing wide. is, the soffit is again that tongue and groove mm-hmm. stained, along with the same thing with the dining room. So that outside is getting pulled into the inside, vice versa, and it just flows really nicely. You don't realize that there's a big pane of glass between you and the outdoor world. So there, there is a jolly old fellow who doesn't mind traveling through the wind and the cold. He to, enjoys it. To make Christmas so much more joyful. All right. Well, so, let's bring Santa. 
Now th- this was this was quite the quite the interesting experience because I mean Santa, you're we can't just call you on the phone. No, no, not at all. You can't. But just... you can write me a letter. I even take text messages these days. Really? You do I do? I have a complete staff of social media helpers. Ooh! I got to put some of those elves to work. I was going to say, are they special elves? Well, it's uh, it took some cross training. Okay. They uh, didn't know how to handle uh, holding on to a device. They were like, it's not a hammer. And I had a few of them that just decided it was a hammer and started beating on things with their with their telephone with their phones. And I said no. <laughs> well, every tool is a hammer. It yeah, is we, pretty much with real estate, you know, and fixing up houses. We've learned that quite well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, we we said we. We really want Santa on our show. And so a couple months ago, the thing in October, we, we actually, we actually head north. We did. We, we headed north and it was a 15 hour, 10 hour, 15 hours, 15 in, hours in an airplane, 3000 miles, 3000 miles to come oh, see you. Oh, you, you came up and saw me in the North pole. You certainly did. Well, we know your, your laboratory is top secret location. It is. But you've got the uh, customer forward-facing um, storefront there in Alaska, North Pole, Alaska. Well, we have to have at least a presence. People expect to see something of Santa, and we try to encourage them to come to the store and at least get a glimpse of our uh, ideal of what we think that they want to see for the North Pole. It was fantastic. It was quite the experience. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's our pleasure to put that on for you. Beautiful place. Um, Jeepers. It was actually a, a pretty decent there. It had a little dusting of snow. And they're like, you know, Santa doesn't always come around, but every once in a while he comes in and checks on us and makes sure we're, we're doing well. And, and you popped in and I'm like, Carrie, do you hear what I hear? I hear a little chuckle, oh, ho, ho. I turned around. I'm like, Carrie, Carrie, do you see what I see? It's Santa. Oh, Santa. It's Santa. So we got to talk it's to you. It's the magic when, uh, when, and I don't care how old you are or how young you are. It's when you see Santa, there's just something that happens. And you were very excited to see me. <laughs> we're always excited. Always excited to see every one of, every one of the children. Age makes no difference to Santa. That is very true. When he had the reindeer out for a practice run, so they were all there and at, do they like carrots or apples better? Well, I get that question asked often when I'm seeing little children and they'll ask me, Santa, should I leave out some carrots for the reindeer? I say, well, that would be fine. But what I really like to encourage them is if they have any broken candy canes, reindeer really like, bro- not the full candy canes, they like the broken ones, they like the pieces. And Santa is quite appreciative of that too. All right. All right. That's it. That that's good to know. We used to be behind those reindeer for an entire evening. Mm-hmm. You'll be glad they're eating candy canes. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. It's not the gas in the tank, but it's the gas that makes you go forward a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, my goodness. It it was it was just so great to talk to you and to, you know, the warmth of spreading the Christmas cheer. And we're like, that's what we want to do on our on our show, on our podcast here is you know, spread some Christmas joy and cheer and kind of comfort some of those questions that, you know, new people living in new houses have. So one of the questions that we get a lot from buyers are, well, do you know where we moved to? Like, can you still find them? Oh, absolutely. I have a, I have a crack team of, uh, of global analysts that keep an eye on where people are moving. I get that often. Well, I'm not going to be at my, a lot of times this happens. I should back up just slightly where uh, maybe, unfortunately, things have happened in the family mechanics where maybe the parents have separated a divorce or something like that, and they're going to be spending Christmas with somebody else in the family. Santa knows this. We've been able to track those children down, and we still get the gifts to them, no matter if they're at mom or dad's house or grandma's house. Even if they're traveling on the road, we'll find them in the hotel room because Santa's team is very good at keeping Santa informed as to where these children are. Does Mrs. Claus play a part in, in the uh, keeping track of the children? Well, Mrs. Claus's primary responsibility is management of the elves. Ooh. Those elves can be a bit uh, impish at times. 
And they need to, they need Mrs. Claus to, well, just keep them in in control. But I, I give them a the little bit of time off. I, I've told them if you can get all of your work done at least a week before Christmas, I'll give you a break and I'll let you have some free time. And they are really, really, really right now just working as hard as they can to make sure that they can get all those gifts made and get them ready for the kids. Excellent. Excellent. That is good to know. Do you have a special gift wrapping area in your home? Well, most of the gift wrapping takes place out in the shop, out in the workshop with the, with the elves. And I leave a lot of discretion to, uh, to my elves as far as what type of uh, wrapping paper they'd like, what design they would like. Some will wrap everything in the same wrap if I let them and okay. others will be, no, I just wrapped one in that, in that wrap. I need to wrap another one in a different color wrap. I just let them take uh, and have the freedom to do whatever they feel they need to do because I trust my elf and my and uh, my staff to be able to take care of that very well for me. All right. Excellent. And do you keep a good supply of Band-Aids on, on hand for when those little elves might get a, a paper cut or a you know, little bit of a scissors cut? You know, we've got, uh, we've got that pretty well figured out. Uh, we have a, we have a solution that we keep on the workbench. It's got a little bit of, a little bit of, well, I'm not even going to tell you what's in there because, you know, I can't. It's a, it's, it's a proprietary, it's a, top, it's a, it's top a proprietary secret? trade secret. Okay. But we allow, if they, if they end up with a paper cut, they're allowed to dip their fingers in this and it'll instantly bind the skin together and no bleeding, no, uh, no cuts are allowed in the workshop. Oh, excellent. That is good to hear. Well, we have that happen also with a certain one or two of the elves who are a little bit uh, careless with their hammers. I was going to say the hammers and the woodworking, you know, some splinters may, may be occurring. Uh, you miss a nail and next thing you know, you've, you've hit your, your finger on the nail. And that hurts. It certainly does. And I'm sure there's not a, you know, a good supply of ice. So if they do oh, hit their finger. Send them outside. They just go outside. It's their break time. Well, we can make exceptions. Okay. You know, during the year, I have to be a slave driver. Well, not really a slave driver. I have to be. I have to be firm with them and make sure, because, like I said, they're elves. They have. They have this this impish ability to wander uh, off. Just stay not on task, shall we say? Mm-hmm. They just want to be jolly and have oh, fun. They certainly do. <laughs> and the supply of hot chocolate for them, of course. Oh, of course, hot chocolate, sugar cookies, and. What about oh. molasses cookies? Do your elves like molasses cookies? Well, they like they like gingerbread men, and I guess that's a molasses cookie, isn't it? Well, kind of. Well, I know that I like molasses cookies, so but do then I. again, there's very few cookies Santa doesn't like. Very either, true. So, yeah. You know, I I, I appreciate uh, all the cookies. Oh, probably my favorite are. Um, are sugar cookies and then gingerbread men, and I like uh, oatmeal butterscotch, and I like chocolate chip, of course. And oh, one of my favorites, I like those toasted almond windmill cookies. Ooh, I like those. <laughs> so, with your sugar cookies, yes, what is your favorite shape? Because they come in all different well, sa- shapes and sizes. Well, they do. You know, and as as uh, Santa's often said. You know, I tried to get into shape and I chose a shape. It's round. <laughs> well, nobody does easy, like a Easy to maintain Santa. that. <laughs> you know, nice and congealed like a bowl full of jelly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> All right. And, and of course, to go with the cookies, milk, or, or do you like other beverages? Well, I do enjoy, I do enjoy the milk. Santa really does like eggnog. Ah, okay. Ooh. You know, it's uh, it's that extra creaminess that uh, kind of stays with Santa while he's traveling. Do we need to leave a bucket of water out for the reindeer so that way the reindeer can drink as well? Well, they like they like water. They'll also drink drink eggnog too. Oh, do they? Oh, absolutely. You know, most people don't think that because well, it's a reindeer, but they will they'll drink they'll drink milk. They'll drink water. They'll drink eggnog. Like I said, I sit behind them all, all evening. I prefer the sweets. All right. So we'll have to leave a bucket of eggnog out for our for our reindeer friends. Just make sure it doesn't freeze. That is. Well, then yeah. they'll have to take it as an as a, as an eggnog popsicle. Ooh, that might be tasty. 
That, that could be, especially if you do it in an ice cream bucket, like you said, with the handle on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just pass that around to, to the team as they're going. That's right. So, obviously, a question you get a lot, I'm sure, is how do you get into these new houses when they're not built with chimneys? Well, Santa has a magic key, which Ooh. allows me to access every house, even these ones that have those newfangled, what do they call them? Smart homes? Those are, yeah, like those ring-a-ding-ding doorbells. <laughs> Santa can even get into those. Probably without, you know. Without pop- setting up the alarms. Up, setting up the alarms, right? <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Santa doesn't want to have uh, have the law enforcement called on him. <laughs> that is very true. I usually, if uh, if I think there's going to be issues, I do have a I do have a crack security team that stays just one step in front of me if I need them. Oh, excellent, excellent! And these are highly trained, highly trained, highly trained elves. Absolutely. So you do travel with a team of elves. I there are sometimes when I have to use them in in certain areas where I know there's going to be issues. Okay. Because I keep an eye on all on all the travel I have to do, and I know where I'm going to run into some some particular situations. And how do the reindeer do when you leave them on top of the roof? Do they stay pretty well, or do they get a little antsy if it takes a little bit longer? Well, they can they can get a little antsy sometimes. You know, I'll have, children will hear that little prancing and pawing on the roof in the middle of the night, and they'll and they'll know that Santa's there. Okay. And so I don't want to stop the, the reindeer and make them absolutely quiet. I need to make sure that the children are just wondering all the time. Okay. And the parents don't have to worry about the heaviness of the reindeer collapsing roofs or anything? Oh, not at all. I'm even in areas where we where we have, you know, say uh, some of the children that I see in some of the sub-Saharan Areas where they don't have uh, roof supports, it's more of a thatched roof type situation. Then we just we just keep the team on the ground. Okay, it's convenient. Definitely, it's much easier. I would hate to uh, to have Santa's reindeer cause a structural problem to a home. Well, it's Christmas joy, not Christmas destruction. Absolutely, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's must have been amazing throughout so many years seeing how. T- Homes are built differently now and technology comes about and just, you know, all those new experiences like we talked about, smart locks and stuff. It must just be phenomenal from over the ages. It has changed a lot in the way that uh, Santa has to do uh, what, it, what he does. Uh, I've had to uh, learn a whole new skill set for accessing homes due to that. But it's okay. Santa is... Uh, might be old, but you they say you can teach an old dog new tricks. Well, you don't look a day over 420. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> it, are there any other like questions that you hear a lot from the children that, that might be worrisome that you want to squelch and reassure? Oh, I tell you, one of the most common questions that children ask, and it's really, a, it's really pretty interesting, but you have to understand the, uh, the way the earth is is structurally set up. There are north and south poles, okay, and there are time zones. There's 24 of them around the world. And children will often ask me, Santa, how do you make it around the world in 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and most people make this presumption that Santa goes around the world in a, in a, in a circular direction. Reality is Santa goes north to South Pole. Ooh. Because I can cover an entire time zone that way. Have my ne- I have several sleighs that are staged. So I can, I can get to my north to South Pole run and pick up a sleigh in the South Pole, then go back to the North Pole, pick up a sleigh that's been, been removed back to the North Pole again. Oh, so it's done with more than one sleigh. Right. Instead of, instead of trying to go around the, po- around the, uh, the equator, which means I'm, I'm having to move through several time zones in a very rapid succession. I have that, that whole time to be able to travel. And once I get done with Antarctica, I don't have to go back south that way again. Right. Once I get done with Australia, I don't have to go back down south that way again. I've got, uh, I've got Africa and India, which, I've, which don't take me that far down. But then I go further north, and, I've got, and once I get north uh, up to Greenland and uh, Nova Scotia, then once again, I don't, have, I don't have to go any further north 
in particular. So you look when you look at the map in and the globe in that perspective, it becomes very easy to understand. Yeah, so you could actually do this. Okay. As long as you staged. So if we have more than one reindeer team. Yes. So. Everybody knows the the, the famous. Uh, reindeer of all. Of course, Rudolph. Right. So if we have more than one reindeer team throughout the year, then do you go and visit your team? So that way they get to know you and, oh, and remember you. Absolutely. And- we have, we have an incredible breeding program for our reindeer. Okay. And a lot of the reindeer have, uh, it takes, it takes quite a few years for reindeer to mature to the point of being able to pull the sleigh. It, it's not an easy, it's not an easy task for the reindeer. Um, you know, I, I find, I find it humorous <laughs> when I, when I see movies uh, such as the one that, uh, what was his name? Oh, yes. Uh, Tim Allen. That was him. When he did the movie, it was a Santa Claus. I believe he had, he had a reindeer, one of the, one of the young reindeer. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be quite humorous because first of all, we would never let the young reindeer do that, but uh, that's exactly what they look like. That's why we don't let them pull the sleigh. So once our reindeer, you know, we got to get them, we got to train them. And then retirement years. So we noticed over, you know, at your house in right. North Pole, Alaska, that that was their retirement area. It is. And so that way people can come and they can still visit with the reindeer and kind of get to know them. And you want to touch a little bit about the the retirement years for your reindeer? Well, we 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 don't necessarily put them out to pasture, as one might say. We do have uh, we do have a genetic uh, engineering program where we continually are use. We have we've had multiple generations of Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. They all maintain the same name because they maintain the same lineage genetically. Okay. Excellent. So when they when they get to a point where and I will never push my reindeer any harder than they actually want to work there. They're like a good dog sledding team. They just want to keep going. Mm-hmm. When they get to the point and they let me know that they've had an, they've had enough being on the on the run, they will then go ahead and uh, they let me know, and I will work with putting them into the retirement pasture area where they can be able to enjoy their days, frolic and play those reindeer games. And it was really great. You have an education program there in North Pole that the reindeer really seem to enjoy taking part in. So that way everybody can learn a little bit more about reindeer and, and how they, uh, how they live. And so that was really cute. And, and one thing that people don't, I mean, they, they look at the reindeer and they've seen pictures of the reindeer Dasher and Dancer and Vixen. Vixen's a, Vixen's a girl, mm-hmm. but she has horns. Mm-hmm. Reindeer, both. The, both the boys and the girls have horns. Mm-hmm. And so it's people go, well, how can that be? Well, that's because that's the way reindeer are. Yep. And every year they shed. They shed those horns and they regrow new ones. Yeah. So they get a little break from all carrying all that weight around uh, during the uh, off season. Mm-hmm. So while Santa's you know, just kind of laying back and enjoying my three-month vacation post-Christmas, you get a three-month vacation post-Christmas? Well, somebody has to. Well, that's true because the elves need to keep yeah, the working. The elves need to keep working. I don't, they, get, they get about a two-week break right around Christmas. Okay. So, you know, I don't want to work them too hard, but I've got a lot more elves. That's true. I'm only one person. Very true. So the missus and I, we take off for three months. Excellent. And just decide to go, believe it or not, we often go to someplace warm. <laughs> now, why would Santa what? do that? <laughs> well, trust me. When you're in the cold all the time, sometimes the warmth feels really good on an old set of bones. So do you have a private Santa Island that you go to? We do. We have a couple of islands that we go to. Uh, one is uh, off the small island off of uh, Hawaii, and the other one is a small island off of Florida. Ooh. Caribbean Santa. Mm-hmm. Yaman. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, I mean, that's about the questions I had for you. I was really curious if you actually went on vacation after the uh, after the holiday. Oh, absolutely! It's a lot of work being uh, on you know for twenty four hours. It's nonstop. I've got to circ- I've got to circumnavigate the globe, deliver all those presents to the little boys and girls, and even the bigger boys and girls. 
some of their toys are a little bit heavier to carry too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, after that, because everything's worked so we've worked so hard, I do take a break. I do give those elves a little bit of a break, but because they have a, get a much larger task to do because they have to continue to make toys all year long. So yeah, we do take a little bit of a break just to get away from the uh, North Pole for a little bit. And if we want to write you a letter, we can always mail it to Santa at North Pole, Alaska, and it will come to you, right? You can't. Even locally here, you could write it to Santa and send it to Rudolph, Wisconsin, Mm. and it would still get to me. See, we have have those. We even have an an office in Indiana, in the town of Santa Claus, Indiana. Ooh. See, the most popular guest of the year. This is what I was so excited to have you on. And, you know, we even have a place that I, I get occasionally, I get letters from a little town way up north here in, this, here in Wisconsin, and that town is Winter. Mm-hmm. Winter, Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. I've never it's heard a, of Winter, it's a, Wisconsin. It's a, it's a pretty little town. Mm-hmm. I've actually driven through there. I've been there several times. <laughs> I have to stop and check on the post office and make sure that they're using the correct stamp for winter. Excellent. Excellent. So have you been a good boy, Ben? Well, you know, you know. I know. I, I'm, I've looked back and I was just wondering if you were going to own up to, was uh, September 17th, I think it was. Well, you know, I, I, I can't be on my best all the time. I will allow that, because most of the time you're pretty good. I'd like to you're helping. So. You're helping out people. I think. I think there was a time you were a little rambunctious and mischievous. There was, you were doing something with the, uh, with the state patrol. I think you were demonstrating something. Right. That, you got you got a little carried away, a little bit too excited with it. Well, that's one of my my part time jobs is. Promoting safety awareness for motor vehicle drivers. Oh. Yeah. And and we've got a demonstrator that actually turns over and it flips around to That's show. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. I think you were having way too much fun with the people inside. They were, they were mannequins. <laughs> so we, we only let the dummies oh. go with, you know, no seatbelts. Because <laughs> you've got seatbelts in the sleigh, don't you? Well, I do. I have I have side impact airbags, too. Oh. Do you have the five-point harness, or is it just the three-point? No, I, it's it's too difficult to get out of a five-point harness when you're when you're trying to make all those deliveries. Okay, so it's just the three-point. We have we have it on a, on a safety release, so we can buckle one buckle, and the whole thing buckles on top of it. Wait, so it's like Star Trek. It is kind of futuristic. Awesome. Yeah, it. You know, it's it's good to hear, because we don't want Santa have to have accidents. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, who knows what could be up in there and you could crash into. Well, we do have, we do have an avoidance system and NORAD does track us. So when we're in the air, you can, you can listen to NORAD and they will track to tell you where Santa's at. So do you ever run into like the flock of geese as they're flying south? Or are they heading north by the time that Santa come, by the time you come around? Well, do the geese cause you problems? No. Okay. No, the only time I have any problems with the geese is when I land. Okay. You know, I mean, because, well, let's, you know, geese are kind of an uh, interesting animal. Mm-hmm. They like their territory. Uh, they do. I've been chased once or twice. And since they don't get any gifts, I don't know what they're expecting from Santa. We may have to travel with some corn. That is a fine suggestion. I appreciate that. Yep. I will make note of that them, to the elves. If you feed them, they'll be happy. <laughs> You know, Carrie's been a very good girl this year. She's helped a lot of people get into new houses. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at your inventory, and it's been has been doing very well. It it has. We have, I want to say, thirty five. We have thirty five new families living in in new homes. That's amazing. Yes. So Santa has a, a question for you, then, Carrie. Okay. With everything going on, has there been enough home inventory to be able to? locate these people we're struggling a little bit with with having more homes for people so you know we do find some some homes that need to be listed and get a new family in we'd love to know which homes those are so that way we can get a new home new homeowner for you 
Excellent. I thank you very much for that. That's good information. Yeah. I'll have to, you know, help out his reconnaissance team by sending him the current addresses too. Ooh, oh, yes. That, that would be great. Just just upload them to to the Santa portal. Okay. Certainly. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we put those in the database. Now, do you have a Facebook page? I have a team that works on a Facebook page for me. So if you looked for Santa Claus, you would probably find the Facebook. We have social media. So okay. you just type in Santa Claus and you'd be able to find Santa. Because we got, you know, the kids nowadays, the younger ones, oh, that's, that's how they find everything is online. So I, I miss the old days when uh, they would be all those handwritten letters in crayon. and Those were always and the fun ones they to do. Were, they were fun. Now I get, I get text messages and the, and the elves send them to me and they put huge stacks on my desk, but they're just not quite the same. I really appreciate when I get a handwritten letter from a child yet. Excellent. Now, do you go and visit the the college campuses? I have. Okay. It's the last couple of years has been a little difficult with the whole worldwide situation. It's been a bit more of a challenge to get onto some of the college campuses. They don't just give you a pass and say, come on over, Santa. Oh, and- I wish they would, but unfortunately times are the way they are. Even Santa has, uh, has certain uh, restrictions that are placed on him. Okay. And you still are able to go and visit the grandmas and grandpas and the assisted living too. I love going to see the grandmas and grandpas. They are some of my most cherished memories because I can remember when they were little children mm-hmm. and to see them, to see them now. Sometimes it makes me sad, the fact that I know that they're not going to be with us for that much longer. And I just would encourage all those families who have families in extended assisted living places like that to do everything you can to make sure that you get to see those uh, those loved family members. We do appreciate you taking the time out to you know spread some Christmas cheer here on the radio and the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure, Ben. I'm always uh, doing whatever I can to uh, to make uh, myself available to bring good news and great cheer and and wonderful uh, just joy this time of year to anybody wherever. All right. Thanks. We will see you next year. Oh, I appreciate oh, we're that. We're going to see him in a couple of weeks. I'll or be, actually, he's coming to our I'll house. I'll be at your house. Oh, that's right. That's He'll right. see. He'll see us first before we see him. I'll know if you've been sleeping and I'll know if you've been bad or good. So be good. Well, for goodness sake. For goodness sake. sake. Ho, ho, ho.